This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're so peachy this morning already. I'm trying to start with a good attitude. I do like that about you. I yeah, do like I, that about you. I got out the step stool today so I could pick the mug that I wanted. Okay. So I have, I'm revisiting. Oh, where's the camera? There we go. I want to be a nice person, but mm. everyone's so stupid. I hate that about people. It's been, it's been a week of meetings. Mm-hmm. And it's like and only Thursday. Again, what is with these long weeks? I tell you what, I had a meeting. What was it? Tuesday night it was over an hour and a half long. And it was just how dare they chock full of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to lean in. Right. Like I was texting some other friends who were on the meeting. Like, can you believe that Carol lady who wasn't on mute? And so someone was like, oh, are we going to discuss that? And she goes, no, like under her breath, because she didn't realize that she was on camera. She was 100 years old. And then we all giggled. And uh, but I was like, I mean, I'm on Carol's side. I don't want to fucking discuss that. So anyway, I just. Hmm. Well, I think we took a turn for our good attitudes. Well, you asked. <laughs> I was in a, a poopy attitude yesterday and I decided because, you know, I'm I, I'm on a diet now. Mm. We officially started it. And um, I mean, to make it from Monday to Wednesday, like pretty impressive. Well done. Well done. And yeah. so I immediately wanted to drive to McDonald's and eat two Big Macs because that was going to make everything better. But it was raining outside, so I decided not get this. This is a this is a win. This is an overall win, everybody. I decided to make something from home. I decided to like make spaghetti, which had carbs in it, to make things better. And basically, because I had like cheese tortellini from Costco that I needed mm-hmm, to use, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know those packages of them. Mm-hmm. And they're delicious. So anyways, because I cannot cook for, well, basically I cook for the Duggars. I right. <laughs> make, <laughs> to make so much. You have food. always struggled with that. <laughs> yes. Always feeding a family of six. Um, but after I ate my tortellini, I had so much left over. Guess what I did? Meal prep? Threw it all in the garbage. Oh. <laughs> that is some dedication to the diet. I was like, these little cheesy goodnesses cannot stick around in the garbage they go. And I was like, that, that is a win on my diet. Nice work. That- I had a therapist once because I, I have a I really hate to throw food away or like waste mm-hmm. food. Um, and she was like, yes, but are you wasting it in the garbage or are you wasting it in your body? And she. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, and I just was like, wow, that's a different perspective. Okay. And we fired her. Um, um, no, I'm pretty sh- I'm going to credit Sarah White Young with that little gem. Right. Um, yeah, I also read some articles. She's just saying you're right. So I know. Another article I read years ago was like when you're at a restaurant and you're like full, but you still have some stuff on your plate that you're supposed to destroy the food. Have you seen this? Yeah, like like dump salt all over it. Yes. And throw ketchup on it just because. 
Maybe that's what I'm going to have to start doing. Self-sabotage. <laughs> My there was a Sex in the you. City episode. Uh, and I can't remember. I think it was Miranda. And she was like eating a cake or there was like a cake um, available. And she threw it in the garbage and then like looked at it. Like maybe <laughs> she dig it back out and then had to dump uh, soap on top of it. Oh, that's funny. Not only did I throw my tortellini away, then I got on my expensive treadmill, which is not the Peloton treadmill that kills children, which I know it's really bad to to talk about this, but like kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's only one kid. I know, but like, yeah, like it's we're a recalling- huge treadmill hundreds of thousands of treadmills because one kid died what are we, let's talk about guns <laughs> no comment. how many how thoughts many and kids? prayers thoughts and prayers for the peloton family i was watching cbs evening news with Nora o'donnell who was mm. doing the peloton story and she mm. kept a straight face but i i follow Nora on all the things she has an entire peloton room <laughs> with like her tread and her and her bike but again yeah kids don't go if you're if you're a parent, make sure that when your treadmill's on, your child is not standing in front of it and like crawl underneath it for shits and giggles. Like that does not sound like a good idea. Um. Anyways, sucks to be them. Good thing I didn't order my tread. They were already back ordered till the middle of May. I'm ain't gonna get better. Um. Uh, but anyways, I did my fancy treadmill thing, and it called for me to do some like air squats and air lunges right for like two minutes with nothing but my body weight to say that I can barely walk <laughs> that's a lot of shape I am I fucking sat up out of bed and I was like oh my god I don't think my legs work uh, that's that's what you need for those rising inseams I know I because the straights are getting in on the rising inseams the gays of TikTok have told us that we need to go shorter like I mean, if how, the straights how, are going to five, let's go to two. <laughs> let's see how far we can take this. Before you know it, we're all wearing just speedos. Just, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I know. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm totally, do you think we should? Totally do you think we should fill people in on the fact that we are um, officially dropping the podcast to once a week as opposed to two times a week? Or I was gonna, I put that at the bottom, but we can talk about that now. Yeah. Yes. It is it is a thing that has happened and long time coming. I have tried. It's true. Um, it's true. I have put it off. And I was really trying to get us to 100 episodes, which I think we're somewhere around 93, 94 or something like that. And I tried to get us to 100 before we switched to once a week. But telling you, shot girl summer, I am busy. Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. So. so. Everybody prepare yourself for once a week. Who knows? Maybe we'll be like other podcasts when things happen in the world and we feel like doing two a, two a week. We might surprise you with some surprise episodes, but it's true. It's for true. now once a week because I'm busy eating out at restaurants and doing all kinds of fun things this summer that we weren't able to do last summer. So and next week we're going on vacation. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we <laughs> <So>. are. <laughs> Fuck it. Be stoked about that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Pod. Uh, we'll tell you all about it next week or the week after. Two weeks the, from now. The week after. Yeah. yeah.
Uh, well, I, speaking of eating in restaurants, because that is all I want to do. I think that's, we talked about, that's all we did in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I have a list with some friends of all of the new places that have opened up in Sioux Falls, all of our old favorite places where we want to visit because we miss them so much. I have a bingo card with a different friend for um, just supporting downtown Sioux Falls. So I am ready to get out there. But there are, there's a myth out there. Love um, People are complaining, and by people, I mean mostly businesses, um, <laughs> about uh, no one wants to work. We have to shorten our hours because no one no one wants to work anymore. <laughs> no, sweetie, they just don't want to work for you. So my yes. article is from Eater, eater.com, and it's called The Lie of, quote, No One Wants to Work uh, by Gabby Duvall. And... So it just talks about there are, um, you know, the restaurant industry, it's kind of prides itself on being a family. You definitely like restaurant people, you, you all work weird hours. And so generally like you socialize with all of the people that you work with because your regular eight to five friends don't go out at 2 Mm AM like you are kind of thing. So there there was a big, like, that's kind of how you stayed in the restaurant industry is because that's where all of your friends were or whatever. And so now everybody got laid off because depending on where you worked, um, you had different restaurant rules and, um, yeah, some of the, some of the people were getting more on unemployment, which it's called a safety net for a reason because there was a global pandemic and then there was a safety net. But now um, managers and owners are largely ba- blaming their inability to retain or even rehire staff on expanded unemployment. And they're claiming that no one wants to work because they'd rather stay home and cash unemployment checks, yeah. even though that's not entirely accurate. Um, so let me pause to say that if somebody paid me more to stay home, I had 100% do that. Yes. I also, yeah. I don't know why we're like, don't act like that's not something that you would do. Um, However, um, so Matt Glassman, he's the owner of a bar and grill in Los Angeles. He was like, it's more complicated than people not wanting to work. Uh, You, depending on what state you're in, um, for in Los Angeles and California, they're going to reopen at reduced capacity. So now servers and bartenders are putting their health at risk and they're making less money. Um, And so what workers are looking for is something that makes the risk worth it. And for like bartenders and servers, you're up, you're running around, maybe you're going outside every once in a while. But when you're talking about back of house staff, like your line cooks and your dishwashers, that's a 400 square foot kitchen. It's hot. Like, even if you're all in a mask, that's not going to protect you from eight hours with all of the shared air that's going on. And those folks generally, like you might get tipped out um, depending on how your restaurant um, pay scale works. But even with a 10 or 20% raise for back of health staff, it might not be enough to get people to come back. 
And if you have a restaurant, if you have a restaurant job, I would guess over half don't have insurance. Right. And so what if you do get sick? So then you're totally out of luck. There's nothing for you to do. And um, a lot of businesses have proved that they don't care about you as a person. (laughs) So now, I mean, I really. And so there was the first time I heard of the uh, no one wants to work. It was a McDonald's drive through had put up a sign that was like, sorry for our slow service. No one wants to work anymore. And I was like, okay, so a it's that they don't want to work for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they don't want to. You're like, it's a shitty working environment. We've talked uh, multiple times about McDonald's and their sexual harassment and their. um, We've talked once about that story. So, okay. McDonald's is still amazing. It's not like every other company doesn't have sexual harassment issues. I eat there. I'm not fine. (laughs) Don't be hating on McDonald's. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's all, it's all something that we have to solve together because I love eating in restaurants. I will pay more. Well, I think this is the reality that this boils down to is like, you have to fucking pay people. You have to pay people. And again, I mean, this article is, yes, I feel bad for the restaurants that are, are struggling, right? Because they have a reduced capacity. They have less people in there. Totally. All of that blows. But that is the problem and the issue of the business owner. It is not the server's problem. So to say like, well, it's because we have reduced capacity. We can't, I mean, sorry, like welcome to the realities of the risk of being a business owner. Right. And I don't know the reality of like, I mean, I I know this about South Dakota because we work to raise the minimum wage, but we raised the tip minimum wage for for restaurant employees or tipped employees to like $4 and 15 cents an hour. And then the remaining was tips. So there's no fucking way you could get me to go back and work anywhere for less than five bucks. So I think that you're going to just entice me and be like, Ooh, I'll give you $6 is insane. Well, and and this isn't just an issue that restaurants are facing. They were just doing a, a story here locally that, you know, Valley Fair, the amusement park here, the local amusement park can't find workers, right? So they had to raise their wage to $15, their starting wage to $15 an hour. Um, the same has happened with city, like summer help. So all of the aquatic staff, they can't find lifeguards or, um, you know, some lawn maintenance folks or whatever. And, and this is happening nationally i mean they've Mm -hmm. talked about not being able to find summer help um because again eight bucks no not doing it well and you just have so this article goes on to talk about like people have a lot of options like if you do want to work in a restaurant like you have it was somebody in new orleans um so it's not just that people aren't applying for jobs but there are more jobs than applicants so now i'm gonna like now as let's say i want to go back to my restaurant Or let's say I'm going to work anywhere that offers me $15 an hour. Now I can have the opportunity to look for who has insurance, who has a good culture, who has good employer reviews, you know, like what are the benefits that you're offering me? Because now it's not also not just about pay. You have to compete for all of these other things. And if you're a small business owner and you're like, oh, I can't afford to pay people more than $11 an hour. Well, then you're financing your dream as a business owner because you don't think that other people are worth the same amount 
Well, uh, and that's uh, that's been, a living that's been an argument for a a very long time. That again, um, let's be realistic. This the pause and that COVID created for some of these folks working from home. I mean, myself working from home or, or not having a job has really, again, relied back on what our self-worth is and what the risk reward is for working. And to think that paying people under $15, I mean, it's just, it's just wrong. I mean, we've had that, we've kind of had this conversation for quite a few years now about what a living wage should be. And again, you shouldn't be working, you know, over 40 hours a week and still not able to pay rent. Like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. And in an era where, you know, the 30 some billionaires who came out of COVID with, you know, over a hundred percent increase in their wealth and, uh, and we're getting the shaft. Yeah. It makes me think more about what is just the right and wrongs of society. And again, if you're a business owner and you can't afford to pay your staff, you know, more than seven bucks an hour, seven twenty-five, which is federal minimum wage probably don't deserve to be in business. You're not successful. You don't, you, you don't make it. I mean, I'm okay with you raising the price of your cheeseburger from nine 95 to 10 95. Yeah. It's like, okay. But yeah. And then I'm also going to tip on that new price. You know what yes. I mean? Like it's, it just goes back. Like people are not asking for a handout. Right. Like no. people want to work. And we we've talked about, you know, the California article we did with the universal basic income. They just gave everybody um, an extra 500 bucks and their unemployment among that group went down. So like giving people all of this extra money is not enticing folks to stay home. It's the low wages. It's the shitty work environment. It's the fact that you're treated as a commodity. People want to work, but they want to be working with dignity. And now we're at a reckoning because well, that, not everyone's that doing that. Back to something that President Biden has said for a very long time, that the reality is, is that people want to work. People want dignity in their work, right? They, they want to take pride and they want to know that they are valued. And so if you are a business that the only way that you can be profitable is by reducing or limiting human capital, like invest in other things. I mean, you are not a successful business. So um, uh, again, I do not feel bad for these restaurants that are like, oh, we can't find help. You can, you, you can find help. You just have to pay them a decent wage. Again, nobody's going to become a millionaire making $15 an hour. So join the rest of America and um, yeah, raise your minimum wages. I think you're seeing this, you know, why would you work in the city of Plymouth when Minneapolis has a minimum, a $15 minimum wage? I promise you, I'm going to get a serving job in Minneapolis as opposed to working out at your family restaurant at $7.25 an hour. So well, you're going to get off. generally better tips at in Minneapolis than you are at your family restaurant. Yeah. Um, uh, can I just tag on a, a yep. local story too? So this, as we said, is not just about um, restaurants, but there's a local childcare center in Sioux Falls. And I was just speaking to one of uh, a friend acquaintance of mine who is in their office. And I don't remember if she's development or marketing mm -hmm. or whatever, but um, she's like, oh yeah, we're all taking childcare shifts. And I was like, oh, excuse me. 
I was like, what is a shift? Like, are you working an eight hour day? And she's like, no, no, no. Like it's, it's two hours, but all of the office staff are cycling through because they can't find people to work. And she's like, yeah, we gave everybody like a full dollar raise across the board. Like no a, questions asked a dollar raise and got everybody to like $12 an hour. And I was like, I just don't understand why you think that's an acceptable wage that you're like bragging about. Like, of course I, I like, and that's the thing. Like if a dollar you, raise is just laughable. Well, and I was like, childcare is super important right? This is other people's precious, precious babies, but also they're, it's a really hard job. And those little like snot filled ragamuffins are constantly getting sick. And I just feel like, but also (laughs) someone came to me at my marketing job and was like, I need you to take a two hour childcare shift once a week. I would immediately be like, who else needs a marketing person? (laughs) I quit. Yes. Also bragging about, well, we gave them a dollar raise. Yeah, so you gave them I like an extra- the no matter what, like even if they were a shitty employee, we gave them a one dollar raise. <laughs> it was like, yeah, because you weren't paying enough. Yeah, so they get an extra forty dollars a week. Congratulations! Before taxes. Before taxes. Ugh. Well, this kind of leads into the reality of my other article. Um, it was in the Star Tribune, and I'm going to preface this with: I think I'm becoming a Republican. <laughs> and so Star Tribune had an article and there's been a couple of articles, but it basically says variants, a concern as Minneapolis plans rollback of COVID-19 restrictions and mask mandate by Jeremy Olson, again, Star Tribune. And so today, Thursday at noon, Governor Walls is supposed to come out and announce what his rollbacks are um, going to be for how we get back to normal. Right. And the, the crux of this whole thing is walls. The preview says that walls is going to share that once Minnesota gets to 70% vaccinated, basically all rules are gone, right? We're going to be back to normal. And the article goes on to talk about how some of the variants of course are going to are causing some wrenches and they might be scary because that's what happened in Michigan and Oregon and some states didn't get in front of it with their vaccine vaccinations, excuse me, um, as quickly as Minnesota did. So of course that could always change what the plan is, but they're talking again about if we get to 70%, basically fair game. And they have even went on to say that they think that all like sporting events like twin stadiums could be back to full capacity and everything by Memorial day weekend. Um, and right now, currently Minnesota sits at a 59% vaccine vaccination rate, um, of all people. So, I mean, we're probably 10% away from getting to 70%. So potentially doesn't take us very long. And I think this is a great, um, way to incentivize people to go get your damn shot, because if we get to 70%, like, Fair game. Here's where I become a Republican. (laughs) I had my shot. I'm not a dumb idiot. And I did what we're supposed to do. We all believe that the vaccine is 94% effective. I don't understand why the hell I have to wear a mask. I don't understand why I have to follow any of the rules, to be completely honest with you. If the vaccine is 94% effective or more, And the only people now that are not getting the shot and are susceptible 
are people that are too dumb to function. Why are, why are we the same people that follow the mask mandates, the ones that have to continue to follow the rules? I mean, at this point, I, I believe that like until we got to the place where vaccines were readily available to anybody who needed it, but now we're seeing Walgreens, CVS, all these people have like same day walk-in appointments available right. to get your shot. We are, and we are now allowing 12-year-olds to get it which means there clearly is supply. The Not Biden yet, like administration, week, but still, yeah. Say again. The twelve-year-old thing is next week. Just yeah, because um, the FDA just came Probably. out with it. Yeah. But um, you know, we are now. The Biden administration has said that they are telling states, like, give us your updated quantities because if you're not using it, we're shipping it other places. We're doing what we should be doing and trying to help Being out a India good as much as you. Partner. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. As much and all for that. So if we have supply. And these dumb idiots refuse to get a shot. I don't care if they get sick. I don't care. So if the vaccine, and this is like something that like Ron DeSantis in Florida has said, (laughs) if we all believe in the science, right? And that's what we were told. And the shot is effective. If you get the shot, why do you have to follow any of the rules? And nobody can give me a good enough answer beyond like, this is what we should be doing. Uh, well, there are cases of what are, it's called breakout, breakthrough, breakthrough disease. So they are not nearly as prevalent, of course, but you still can get COVID even after you've been vaccinated. And there are cases of that. Um, I think there's been a couple cases in South Dakota, for example, and I believe they've all been at long-term care facilities. Well, and that and that's going to happen so th- so right, with these right, variants. And- Totally. But, but then we don't, then why are we, if we're worried about that stuff, then why are we releasing or relaxing any of well, because, the restrictions? Um, the economy. The economy is fine. Because people, <laughs> people from the beginning have all had different, um, like no one was making any of these rules. Well, not no one, but a lot of um, places are not making all of their rules based on what is best for public health. And so then it's just like Walls is negotiating with the Republicans about X and Y and why were gyms open before the other thing? Well, because gyms had a really good lobbyist. And so like there's a lot of things that go into that that isn't like strictly based on public health infrastructure. Plus, we have very damaged and lacking public health infrastructure over the last 10 years because things like the Department of Health and then the federal like pandemic oversight board or whatever gets eliminated because we're like, well, we don't need those things anymore. Yeah, but now we do. Yeah, but I don't feel like that answer still answers any of the question that I proposed. Like why why do you have to well don't wear a mask then? Well pre-pandemic or pre-vaccine, I get it. But you I, I I guess you just can't explain to me like if if the vaccine is 94% effective of me not dying and that's what we hung our hats on yes and i was smart enough to do it and i have seen and again i'm not talking about what public health officials would want to do because we are we are light years beyond what the cdc would probably they'd probably like us to be in hazmat suits for the rest of our lives right i mean if if they could sure so if it's 94% effective and i'm seeing all of these stories of the idiots that are in South Dakota going to Sturgis. I see all of the idiots that are fighting on with flight attendants on the planes. 
I see a story of somebody in my hometown who um, didn't want to wear a mask and hit a Menards employee with a two by four. And I am somebody who has followed the rules and got vaccinated and I'm fine. And if the idiots are still out there and they don't care, I just, I guess I just don't understand why I have to continue to follow the rules because to me, it makes, are we just wearing a mask now to wear a mask? Is that what we're doing? Or are we just doing it to wear it? If I've been back fully vaccinated? Um, I, so like, for example, I went to lunch on Monday with my family and I wore a mask. Um, no one else, like the servers were wearing masks, but no one else was. And so like, to me, it feels respectful of the servers who are wearing masks because I feel good going to that restaurant because I feel like they're taking it really seriously. And so that is my sign of respect is to also wear a mask when I'm up and around. But and if that's you've just, been fully vaccinated, are we just doing but, that? Tim- but he doesn't know that. Like the, the servers don't know that, right? Like it's just a. Uh, yeah, but if you've been the vaccinated person and there's a everybody else in the restaurant who has not been vaccinated isn't wearing a mask like. Yes, it, but they're they're. There's one person that they think is like, oh, there's a, there's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I am not a a selling feature for me to continue to wear a mask. I don't know. I just think, I think it's just, well, then don't wear one. Like I don't sure. Carmen, we're not, I mean, like there's (laughs) rules, but like, I think this is part of the problem. Like the rules don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like we are supposed to believe in the vaccine. It's like basically hundred percent effective. And then we still just keep doing everything. If you've been fully back, what's the, and this is the thing that it boils down to. What is the incentive for people to get vaccinated? If you do vax, if you do get vaccinated and it's effective and you still have to continue to do everything you had to do pre-vaccination, like what's the incentive? We all have to do it. And that's the problem. Like we can't solve that. But I mean, that's the that's the thing you the incentive is to get vaccinated so you don't have to do the things. And it's like any group project where the people don't want to do the work. And so it's people like us that have to carry it. And then I do think I don't really understand the variants. They seem bad. The the end. We're going to have to get a booster shot every year, just like you have to do for the like or get a a shot every year, just like the flu shot. So I think the masks are also protecting you against variants. I do also think like there's something about kids, right? Like um, the kids can get sick. um, And so are we like wearing masks to protect kids? Are we wearing masks to protect the people who can't get vaccinated? Um, But if you, if you are a person that's been vaccinated, like how, how are you like, a mask isn't protecting the kids any more than you having the vaccination in your arm. It's, it's true. So like, <laughs> and I'm just saying it just doesn't make <laughs> sense. I don't get it. And quite frankly, you're mad. You're it. too it's dumb fine. to function and don't get a vaccine. Like now I hope you die. So bye. Bye. <laughs> and Carmen is back with sports. <laughs> Uh, this is a listener submitted article. So Ooh, I love these. Thank you, Aaron. German gymnasts cover their legs and stand against sexualization. Mm-hmm. This is an NPR story by Lulu Garcia Navarro. 
and there is a picture of a gymnast and she has the standard um leotard on and also leggings pants full pants down to the ankle Mm -hmm. so three members of the german women's team at the european artistic gymnastics championship in switzerland recently gained attention for their outfits because unlike their peers their legs were covered Mm -hmm. so this is a full body unitard typically women will wear leotards that show the entire leg um, male gymnasts, however, usually just wear slightly loose shorts or me um, or the full length leg covering. Mm-hmm. And unitards are technically permitted because yeah, but generally they're going to be worn for religious reasons. Um, but this is a statement against sexualization in gymnastics, said the German Gymnastics Federation. Um, and one of the gymnasts said it's to send an example to all gymnasts who may feel uncomfortable or even sexualized in normal suits. Um, and basically she's like, uh, we should wear whatever we feel comfortable in and then do gymnastics, like, and not, um, like take that mental capacity, not capacity, but that, that mental chunk away from your performance. Yes. Uh, so super interesting. And so there, this is an interview then about, um, some people have pushed back, uh, shocking that people have opinion on what women wear uh, because they say that women's athletic uniforms are tight and revealing because it allows for better performance. No, no, it does not. And the example they give is like, for instance, beach volleyball, women are playing in bikinis and men are playing in shorts and a tank top. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) what we're saying is, Perhaps it's not about performance after all. No. Um, why aren't people wearing similar uniforms? Um, well, maybe it's because women were in a male-dominated activity, air quotes. Um, so they were demonstrating femininity. Yeah, it wasn't the women who made the original outfit. No, it was always about being sexualized. I mean, yes. for... <laughs> Um, everyone who saw the outfits that the Rockford Peaches were in, um, in a league of their own, the men were playing in clothing that allowed them to run and slide Slide. and, you know, generally like play the sport in a way that, um, and women was functional and the ladies are like, actually, what if we make them low cut? Um, and skirts. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, they talk about psychologically, um, they've done different studies where they put women in either a bathing suit or a sweater and um, what that does intellectually, not intellectually, psychologically to their performance. And um, yeah, basically, no, we-, we are not here for your enjoyment. Again, why does anybody actually care that much? Um, Mind-blowing. Let's also not forget the fact that in the world of gymnastics over the last couple of years, as it came to light, that there is a huge sexual assault component to the sport of gymnastics. So anything to, again, make the female athletes feel safer, more secure, have, you know, more mental at ease about 
right to the focus sport that on they're their performing. athletic performance like right. let's do that because they have coaches medical doctors that are sexually assaulting them as they because right. again these are not when you get to the Olympics of things these are not 30 year old women these are 14 year olds <laughs> you know like you're old when you hit 19 in this part of gymnastics so we are not talking about a woman in her 40s who knows like who knows her self-worth and can be vocally strong. This this is children that we're putting in these incredibly revealing costumes for the viewing pleasure of a lot of gross men. Um, so get over it. And I mean, this reminds me of swimming went through this probably 20, 15, 15, 20 years ago. Um, the Athens, the Athens Olympics, which I believe was 20. No, maybe it was Sydney. No, it was Athens. It was 2000 um, where again, it became popular for both male and female swimmers to wear full length swimsuits. Part of it was because the suits allowed you to have basically seal skin, which made Mm. you faster. And they have like changed how, what the suits can look like, but I mean, it is very, very common, almost exclusively when you watch female swimmers, they are wearing either full shoulder to ankle or shoulder to knee swimsuits. Um, You ain't seen a bunch of Olympic swimmers in bikinis. So why, (laughs) why do we think that gymnastic people, gymnasts, excuse me, need to be in revealing coochie coo outfits? Well, when you were talking about how young these kids are, so yes, this we're talking about Olympics, but like also do the high school volleyball players have to wear like sports bras, cheeky booty shorts to improve their performance as a high school volleyball player? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's just take it down a notch. Well, and like how many people are you excluding from participating in high school athletics as well? Um, because as a chubbier kid, I'm pretty sure the thought of having to be out on the base, on the volleyball court with your half of your ass hanging out is a deterrent from wanting to do that sport. Right. And it, that has nothing to do with your athletic ability. No, no ability to play volleyball. People have too much time on their hands that they think this is something that it's the patriarchy, Zach. That's what it is. Patriarchy. It is the patriarchy and the white women who oh, complicit, complicit and actually it benefits them. So they keep going. I, I, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> no, but one thing that I am going to pay attention to mm-hmm. is tight revealing outfits for people with big noses. And that is because in edge media network, which thank you. Thank you. Edge media network. Um, told me about a study that had went on um, with an article titled, Is Penis Size as Plain as a Nose on the Face? A new study thinks so. Um, No idea who this is written by, but probably Jesus. I'm going to imagine that Jesus wrote this, so that's who I'm going to attribute this to. So part of this, I'll get to the how they actually did the study because it's really funny. It's something. (laughs) (laughs) But the the study supports that literally 
If you see somebody with a big nose, it means they got a big dick. And the science backs it up, Carmen. Does um, it though? <laughs> <laughs> well, they um, how they studied this was people died. And within three days of the male dying, they literally stretched their penis to see how long it was. And people who had the biggest nose had a penis that stretched at at least 5.3 inches. However, those with less prominent sniffers have a penis that measured just 4.1 inches. Which those poor people. So can you imagine being dead and they just like, you know, what we're going to do stretch your wiener, see how so, long it gets. It was 126 middle aged men. Yeah. And the researchers studied their corpse, the corpses and their penises and measured their nose. Like this is just <laughs> who came up with this? Well, it's because they wanted to do a study, but you can't ask a dude this that's alive because they'll all lie to you about what their size is. So, but I think you could just pay them, right? Like, I guess. But isn't it fascinating to think that however, like protruding your nose is, is determination. It doesn't matter about your foot size of your foot. It's how big your nose is. And they say, I mean, this is, this is science, Carmen. So when your mom is like, oh, what's your daughter up to these days? Well, well, she's a scientist. (laughs) We're so proud. (laughs) What's she studying these days? Oh, I guess I'm... um, Just the length of noses. Men's noses and um, correlations and stuff. I just can't imagine your dead loved one and they're like, science needs your body for a second. Um, we're literally just going to take and pull on this penis to see how long it gets. But yeah, I imagine when you donate your body to science, that's maybe like mm-hmm. not what you had in mind, but I suppose whatever. I I guess it's a thing. But again, it it's genetics. So your penis length, that's what they say. Penis length is predetermined um, before you're born based upon how big of a schnoz you're going to have. So also, can we talk about the picture that's associated with this article? Do you see like the weird poof of hair through the magnifying glass? Like, what yeah. is that? Well, it's because the hair on his stomach is magnified by the magnifying glass. But it, it it's like all there's a lot there's a lot there in that one spot it's a terrible it's a terrible photo yeah sorry getty i know but again study so ladies men start looking at the noses <laughs> it's going to tell us it's going to lead us to the gold that's what i got for you all right all right um parting, thought? parting thoughts well i have a parting thought it kind of goes back to um, the gymnastics and the pervs. Mm-hmm. So if I was still involved in South Dakota politics, I would have had a field day, field day, reminiscing and finding pictures of Republicans who glad handed and were super excited to hear from the Heritage Foundation, which is a huge anti-gay, pro-traditional family values 
I mean, it's the NRA of traditional family values, but in South Dakota, one of the first times to, you know, talk about the need to ban trans folks from participating in school athletics, they brought in Josh Duggar to South Dakota to talk about the importance of family values. And this fucking creep, um, I can't remember if this is the one that also molested his sister. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it is, pretty right? Pretty sure it is, yeah. Yes. So these God-loving um, feel to pronounce and pass their belief system on anybody who walks by because they are more virtuous than the rest of us has been arrested on like multiple, multiple accounts of child porn on his computer because he is a creep. Um, And I love, again, he deserves everything that's coming for him. How gross that he had pictures on his computer of sex acts on children ranging from 18 months to 12 years of age. Um, And again, his family's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But these are the people that they prance out there to tell us all how to live our lives. And I wonder if they feel like complete asshats that they were having pictures with this God-loving Christian proclaiming savior who, you know, like other great religious folks likes to touch children. Yeah. That whole, whole thing's real, real gross. Gross. Yes. I hope he spends all 20 years in prison and I hope TLC feels ashamed that they continue to put these people on television. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're not because they make money, but that's my parting thought. (laughs) Ha. But if I'm telling you, if I was in the South Dakota democratic party right now, I would be asking, doing image searches of I would be putting Ducker an with image up of every single one of these people with this child molester and ask them if that's the traditional values that they support. Every single one, one by one. <laughs> I would have a camera in their face. I would find some little tracker. John Chapman would be walking up there with one of those flip cameras and would ask them like TMZ. I would find them everywhere they're at. And I'd be asking them this question. They're going to tell us how to live our lives. Fuck off. Anyways, your parting thought? Uh, I don't. I know I teased it, but I don't think I officially let everybody know that margaritas are back. (laughs) It's officially margarita season again. Was that a tease that we all missed? I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, I said they were going to come back um, in April, but then I don't think I officially announced it. Oh, I didn't know that we needed official margarita announcements. Yeah, people have been waiting. People, oh, okay. people are like, when is Carmen going to bring back margaritas? Well, I'm here to tell you they're back. I oh, did you hear that? That was the collective. The, they're like, oh, thank goodness. Thousands um, of listeners. I apologize. Yeah. I did not get you this information in time for Cinco de Mayo. I hope that you just went ahead and, and did it without me. But we were back. It's also I brought back sweet tea vodka which is another one of my summer favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have those two, you have to add the trifecta of basic white girl summer, which is rosé. So <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the um, update. It's like 
very excited about the summer beverage option. Can we wear white pants yet? Is Are we able to wear white pants yet as well? Um, I know the white pant rule. Um, yeah. You know what? Yes. Okay. Thank you. White pants. White pants for everyone. All right. Sounds great. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Our Point. Stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com.